the Unstoppable Blueprint Podcast with James Robert Elliott. Hey everybody, I'm James Robert Elliott. I am here with Mike Solitro from Accomplished RE. We've been having some good conversations offline and wanted to take it online about success, about leadership and about communication. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show. It's uh, good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me, James, and thanks for uh, hitting live because we were kind of going into it. It's like, you know, somebody else might uh, want to hear this and it could be helpful to others. So it made sense to, uh, to put it out there. Right on, right on. Yeah, exactly. You're having such a great conversation. And I'm like, wait, we're both thinking we should just go live with this, this, this dialogue we're having on with leadership, on communication. That's too funny. Tell it really briefly, uh, Mike, uh, you know, introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and we'll get a context to our conversation today about success, leadership, communication, influence. Yeah, sure. Uh, Accomplished RE, that's uh, my baby. That's my business. And what I do, I generally work one-on-one -on -one with uh, real estate agents, real estate professionals, and we focus on a few different things. One, how to find time, location, or financial freedom from their business. And we do that by kind of taking a deep dive into looking at what's working well in areas that may not be working up to uh, the levels they want, their clients want. Uh, so we get effective and we get efficient in their business model and we uh, tailor it to to what makes sense to them and to those clients. Very cool. Beautiful. Beautiful. Amazing. So you and I were talking uh, a minute ago about, you know, systems versus people. And, and that was that was a gem in itself, because I think people some people throw out the systems when they when they get sick of something or it's not working or someone becomes too obsessed with it, with any system or, or, or pattern or or, or something um, too pre-programmed to plan in, because you said your main focus is people, and that's how you be successful. Uh, tell us more about that, please. Yeah, the, uh, the people part of the equation is one that's easy to overlook, but if for you know, any successful business, it is the people behind it, or at least the people that are piloting it that are most vital. So I, people ask, hey, are you systems process guy or results systems process? You know, and it's like, you have to be both that you have to understand that you need a way to do things, but you need to look at the results. And oftentimes what separates a good system or a great result or one or the other is that who is working on this. So uh, whether it's me uh, work with my clients, working with uh, you know, in a real estate transaction, it's who's involved, what are they looking for? What outcome are they hoping to get and why? So understanding who the you know who the people are and what's important, and then tailoring or building or uh, you know, tweaking a, a system or process that's proven in the past uh, is basically generally the best way to do that. You know, jet, the starting point for a lot of this is the 80-20 rule, which is a lot of people's fault, and it is because it works. That if you've got something that uh, you know is worth eighty percent of the eighty percent of the time or eighty percent of it, great. Start there. There's no reason to start from zero every time. But don't ignore who you're working with. Don't ignore where you want to go. And if it is a one-off or what's something that falls in that twenty percent bucket, that's okay. But try to adopt as much as you've either automated or uh, built in the past, and try to just make it work. Because uh, a lot of times, uh, as you said, it's the oh this system won't work, so let me just do something completely different, or let me start again. And just the amount of waste that goes into that is uh, it's, it's kind of sad when you look back at it. It is, and I, it was interesting leaving a corporate environment, and starting my own my own gig, and I had thrown. I'm like, screw this, <laughs> threw everything out, all the systems out, and it was it was just me. And and luckily, I'm great with people. Although the problem was, it was hard to without any systems. Let's say a CRM or database, because customer information. It was hard. I was just winging. Well, I wasn't winging it, but I was going by memory 
on on calls. Okay, is this person this, or do they have a dog, or does their, do their daughters go to college, or whatever it was, um, or, or having automated lead follow-ups, automated email follow-ups, little little application that would alert me. Hey, James, you know, time to follow up with Mike, or time to follow up with with you know Fred, or or or, or Dorothy, or whatever. And it was so interesting looking back. I'm like, ugh. You know, throwing out the baby with the bathwater, some things I didn't like about certain environments I was in. And and I can, you do need both, like you said. However, when we become too system-centric and not enough people-centric, like picking up the phone, having a conversation versus only relying on emails or automated emails or email lists or, or whatever, whether you're a corporation or whether you're an entrepreneur, I think we do become disconnected with people. And that's not a good thing because then how are you different than anyone else? I mean, how are you different from AI at that point? <laughs> how do you differentiate, show value? People buy from people, as you know. So and that's, a, that's a really valid, valid point. You, you mentioned something as well. You mentioned the why, focusing on the why. Completely agree with you. Um, talk to us talk to more. Why is the why? Why should we care about the why? Why is the why of the client uh, so important? Sure, and I will get to that, but I just want to highlight a couple of excellent points, and then this will not be a compliment fest, I promise. But you mentioned two things that kind of just really set a light bulb on. I wrote them down. First, the spending time in corporate, which I did as well, and now do my own thing, which I, I am now doing, is that it, it has that kind of temptation where you just throw it all away. Like, that was bad. I want to do that. But the reason corporate is big and you know, has got to where they are is because they do something right, or they are built on a system that works. So to throw the whole thing away, that's not, you want to pick and choose, you know, cherry pick the best and then bring that into what you're doing and personalize it. Yeah. And then the second thing, the the memory piece that I'm just going to work off memory. I can, I can do it. You know, uh, and the visual that somebody gave me, is like, when, especially when you're doing your own thing, it's like you're juggling. And you might start off two, three, four, but at some point, regardless of how good of a juggler you are, there's going to be too many balls and you're going to drop something. And you don't get to pick and choose what drops. Something is going to fall. And when it does, uh, that's when uh, you're going to start seeing you know, clients not being reached out to, uh, calls not being made, dates being missed, deadlines being overlooked, and that's the problem. And I even remember uh, when I was younger, I was talking with a colleague about a calendar. I said, you know, I don't need to, to write it down and keep a calendar. If it's important, I'll remember. And just thinking about how, you know, <laughs> stupid, how kind of just arrogant yeah, yeah. and how wrong that is, is, you know, of course, there's way too many things and you know, utilizing calendars pretty much where I start with everything I do in my clients because it's it's the way we kind of set up our, our days and weeks for success. Um, now to answer your question, I promise. I'll keep it short. <laughs> no, uh, that's important. So, that's really a valid point. Uh, the why. Um, as I said, my background is in real estate. I've had the ability to kind of work on multiple different things, all kinds of deals. But the why is often not asked or an afterthought, and you don't realize it until after why it's so important. So another good example I'll give is I live in Cape, uh, on Cape Cod. It's a, it's a vacation area in New England. People love coming. Uh, so when we talk about selling real estate, let's say, people often assume fast, most money. You know, that's, you know, I want to sell my house. I want it done tomorrow. I want the most money. A lot of times that's the case. But if you don't ask why are you selling or why is this important to you or you know, what outcome are you looking for? And I mentioned I live in a, in a place to take a vacation because this happens a lot. It's like, well, I know it's April, but I would just love one more summer here. So if I could get you know, a great deal and I could main, you know, stay in my house, stay in my area until September, that would be ideal. So I wouldn't know that unless I asked the question. So their why is different. Like, yeah, of course I'd like to maximize what I get. And I would like this done with as few headaches as possible. But actually, what's most important to me is not to move. Investment. So should I wait until August? 
should I do it? Should I sell it now and look to have a, uh, a lease back where I stay in my home? Or what other options are out there? Without having, it's like, you know, you might you might take that client, sign them up, and then show up the next day. Good news, I got somebody interested in buying your house. They want to pay more than we thought, but they need you out tomorrow. It's like, ah, you know, uh, it's it's not ideal. So just That's asking them why. It's it's the whole thing with positions and interest. So their position, I want to sell my house, but the interest is, I want to sell my house when it makes sense for me, ideally in the fall. In that instance. So just asking why, and sometimes asking why multiple times, or why is that important? You know, understanding, and then delivering on what uh, either the solution or the fix is based on what's the, what's the most important to them. True. It's so interesting. I agree. I mean, you know, people, people, when I'm coaching or speaking for corporations or in training entrepreneurs or training leaders, you know, it, it's, it's, I tell them, make sure to ask people why, you know, they say they want more money. Why they actually want, they don't want the money. Do they really want to roll around a bunch of paper? Uh, no, do they really, is it really important that the numbers in their bank account are, are sky high? It's important, but for another reason, just to number themselves. It's so they can, go on vacation or, or maybe give back and donate or take their kids or their nieces or nephews, like in my case, on really cool trips and vacations, go to amazing places to donate, to give back, to, I, I want to build schools, build homes. So that's, that's my big why for, you know, being influential, having lots of money, building a big business and helping people. Um, and my why is also very intrinsic. I struggle with communication, um, leadership, influence a lot when I was younger and, and doing so much work on that. It's become a Y eighty. So my my big why is is helping others. And sure, money can be money is a measure of that, of the number of people I help in the world. Like Khalil Gibran says, he said, let the money you make be a measure of your success and contribution in the world. And it's it's so true. So it's it's I, I wanted to stop you at that point because I why to your point you may want to give them something else or you're selling something a certain way or you're promoting something a certain way in your, in your company or to a client or or whatever and if if you're seeing me getting nowhere i think and i love your thoughts since i think that people are missing the why of it if if they're trying to push something sell something they're not getting anywhere they're, they're missing the why of the organization or of the client or of the of the leader if you will and not hitting that why yeah, and even as you describe it, I realize that I don't want to say jump the gun, but you need to know the why of your clients. But even before then, the first thing I do with every person I work with is why do you do what you do? Because it's, it's different. I might assume it's to make as much money as possible or it's uh, X, Y, Z. But you need to know what, what, why you get up and why you do what you do. Well, you know, I've been in this business for 25 years. It's all I know. Okay. Uh, is it still something that's of interest to you? Okay, it's never been of interest. So then why would you? So it's, it's understanding the why of your clients, paramount important. But understanding the why of what you do kind of helps that go back and forth. Because if you're just doing it by muscle memory or it's all that you know and you don't have a, say, a greater good or a reason for, for doing what you do, it makes it so much harder. And it's not... I don't say authentic, but it's you know, you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. Where, as you kind of outlined, if you've got, it doesn't have to be altruistic, but if you've got a real why driving you, this is my mission. You know, one sentence, it's mine. I want to work with as many real estate agents as possible to get them that time, location, and financial freedom. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't want to say it's not like work, but when I'm doing these things, it's it's what gets me up in the morning. It, yeah. it keeps me interested and. It, it really powers my business. So I know my why and it pushes me forward to figure out which clients have a similar why we work, we collaborate well. On. True. 
So yeah. it's it's you have to know what kind of what drives you, and it starts with what's your why, what's your mission. It, I think it's it's a really valid point, and, and it can either it can either get you excited to because certain people when I talk to them I get super pumped, super excited to, to talk with them, to work with them. Uh, you and I had such a cool alignment and conversation, and that's why I wanted you on the show. And and sometimes we talk with someone, and, and our whys are not aligned. Like maybe they want to make more money by I don't know dumping sewage into the river or dumping toxic waste in the ocean. That's that's not cool to me. I mean I, I'm an environmentalist too. I think we need a balance. Yes, we can't turn off all the electricity or stop driving all the cars today. However, anyways, that's another <laughs> that's another podcast. Uh, <laughs> however, we're we're not doing enough. Um, and I've seen over my forty two years, I've seen the world change. It's 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 no no lie. I've literally seen the world change. That being said, though, it's it's do we align with their why? Do I want to work for this company? Do we we want to work with this client? I really, um, uh, Arlene Dickinson uh, of the Dragon's Den, uh, one of the Dragon's Den shows, I love how she talked when she was starting her company venture because they would say no to certain people if, if they weren't aligned with them or it just it wasn't ethical or clients want to do something unethical and, or, or whatever. Or she didn't feel aligned. She said they're going to pay us lots of money, but they're going to be jerks to work with. Sorry, we're not interested. And it, 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 that really resonated with me because I'm the same way. I don't work with everyone. I don't work with every corporation. I don't work with every entrepreneur because it can it can suck the life of you and suck the joy of you to work with the wrong company. So I think we need to be be very cognizant of that too, that again, make sure it aligns with your own why. Do I want to, do I value uh, what this person is is, is doing? And because and, not everyone's for everyone. We, dip, we resonate with different people and that's why I don't believe in competition. Even if we do the same thing, different people resonate with different people. So, yeah, for sure, and it's it does start with how you build it. That if you even have the mindset of, well, I don't want to do that down the line, but I have to do that now because you know I'm new or because I need to take on as many as you can. But you're going to keep seeing that trickle into your business. So you really want to build it on a foundation of where you see yourself going, as opposed to kind of just. Taking on every client, every project, every every piece of work because it comes in a position you feel you need to. You know, of course, it's different for everybody, but you want to build toward where you want to be ultimately. And that's the thing. That's the. I mean, it may, who knows? Maybe you may make more money. I don't think so. I think you 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 make the most money by doing the most amount of work you love with the people you love. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you do make more money by accepting you know every single client and, and known to known to man, known to humankind, and, uh, and you'll be pulling your hair out. But if you're okay with that because you're rich, cool. You know, good on you. Uh, I've worked with clients that were the wrong clients, and wow, do they ever take two to three times the amount of time for me than the right clients do. So that that's my thoughts on the wrong clients will will make you broke. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe accepting every single client possible for some companies is profitable. I just, I don't find it fulfilling. Um, let's, let's talk next a bit about communication because you and I are talking about that as well and, and, and good communication, communicating with, with your teams, with, with your vendors, with your, your staff, with your clients. Uh, talk to us a bit about that. What we find are some of the most powerful, uh, I guess I call them keys to good communication. I'll read that John Maxwell quote in a minute that I, I, I read last night. I think that's a powerful way to, to tie up this. Yeah, um, communication is, forget a conversation, it's books on books on books as far mm. as what works, how, why, when, and, and all of those. But what came to mind as we talked about Maxwell, and I don't know if, if I can attribute this to Maxwell, but I heard this and it just stopped me in my tracks because I consider myself, I'm a great communicator. You know, I, I, I say what, I, what I'm thinking and people know what I'm talking about. I can inspire them. I can influence them. But what, the, what the, uh, the idea was, was there's four things that happen when you communicate. There's what you think you're saying. 
Mm-hmm. There's the words you actually say, then there's what they hear, and then there's what they understand. So now we're four degrees away from you know what was going on here, and that's what just a one-on-one. That? That's a one-on-one conversation. Forget about talking to a room full of people, a team full of people, and people that know you. That is, well, he said this, but he means it. So he biases exactly. He probably means this, or he's doing this again, or she's doing that again, or she's she's probably talking about this again. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. We're already listening to a to a. Our listening is already worked before we even person's open their mouth. But continue, please. I interrupted you. No, no, no. Oh, and I'm glad you did. It's, it's all of those things. So you might you know, say, well, I don't want to repeat myself. I don't want to say this again. But asking questions, and then there's there's artful ways to do this. And then even if you ask, did you understand? Sure. I understood. I understand what I understood. But did you understand what I <laughs> And it's it can be kind of like talking to a child. But it's like, well, what, what does that mean to you? Or what makes sense as far as next steps? To have that and going back to knowing the people you work with, that you're, talk, you're communicating with, can they explain it to you in a way it's like, all right, I see it as some kind of common understanding because you will never have 100% know exactly what's going on in my mind and, and I'll know what's going on in yours because we might be talking and you might be smiling and nodding, but you've got a situation on at home that you're keep that is front and center. And you know, as soon as you walk away, this conversation is going to become secondary or you'll forget. Uh, so when you're communicating, understanding there are so, especially now, there's so many other uh, things that are fighting for that interest level and that there are so many messages that get misconstrued just based on simple uh, day-to-day communication. So understand that repetition is okay. Have check-ins and don't get upset and say, well, I, you knew exactly what I would say. Well, no, they probably didn't. So Maybe not. Uh, and that, that, that's on you. So don't get, don't get uh, upset at the, uh, the person that uh, is the attended recipient of that communication because probably you could have said it better. Well, and fair, and and that's why I love the theme when I when I teach communication, when I teach leadership. It, it's it's take responsibility. If you want something done or completed, doesn't mean you have to do it all. Or you know, avoid judging that person. Oh, they're not 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 so bright because they're not getting a point. Well, maybe it's the explanation, or maybe it's how you're explaining it. There, there's different leadership styles. There's different listening styles. There's different communication styles. And if we're communicating the wrong style to the wrong person, it's like speaking, I don't know, Russian to an English speaker or, or, or Spanish only to a, to a German speaker. It, it just, it doesn't work if you're doing this instead of this. And I love, I love two of the, the presuppositions of NLP. Think, think of it as a, a theme or an idea. So the first one is called the map is not the territory. And what that means is that the words we use, like the words, like I could say, hey, I come to your store, Mike, I, I want to buy a chair. I want to come to your furniture store, Mike, I want to buy a chair. And you're like, well, here's a nice chair. I said, no, 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 I, I don't want a kitchen chair. I, I want like a nice, comfortable chair. Oh, here, here's an office chair. There's a really nice, comfortable office chair. You can sit and work all day. No, 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 that's not what I mean. A really comfortable chair. And you show me these different chairs. And in my mind, what I have is, is I don't know, a big love seat. Let's say you show me a lazy boy. Yeah, that looks comfortable. But that, that's not what I mean. I want a big chair. And in my mind, like that I can, I don't know, sit with my girlfriend with. So it, it's, I'm thinking like I have a big love seat, a big comfy love seat with the feet, things go up. And, and I've just said chair. So this is one reason why communication can be so off. And, and of course, chair is a very mundane example. However, it's the same that the words we use to your point, they, they have to go through all the different mechanisms and filters. And we may, maybe that word, that phrase or that sentence or our biases, our assumptions about the person, about the material. Um, maybe we know just enough about that material or subject matter to be dangerous, right? So it, it totally, totally changes it. And then the other, the other NLP presupposition or, or theme that I love is the meaning of communication is the response you get. I think that's a powerful one too. If if you communicated and and either they they haven't got it or they got the wrong idea or part idea or completely didn't understand, then again, 
however they respond is is feedback to you that okay that's that's the meaning of your communication was that what you intended or not <laughs> and then fix it <laughs> which is why to your point ask questions did you understand um, you know what does this mean to you what are you thinking uh, what do you, do you know what you need to do now uh, what are you going to do what are you planning to do and very yeah that 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 feedback is is of utmost importance because it's it's a almost like a mirror it's a reflection of this is what I said this is what you understood are, are we in a place where there is some common ground and oftentimes yes but oftentimes uh, without it you have no idea and you're walking away what what was what what did I say what was meant what was understood where do we do next so if you can kind of remove as many of those barriers it helps that's the key All right on right on the uh, the fact of communication. There's a John Maxwell quote I want to read everyone. And it's every time you speak to people, give them something to feel, something to remember, and something to do. And I like the do piece because it, it makes it real. It makes it tangible versus a bunch of thoughts and information without action. There, there's no knowledge or, or learning. And, and that's a key thing. And that's why I think a lot of teachers that teach that there's no, okay, this is a specific action for you to do or think of or reflect or go, go take this action. And I love that. Something to, to think, something to feel. And something to remember and something to do. Um, so that was really powerful. And I wanted to weave that in as well because people remember things with big emotion. If, if I mean, there's, there's you've probably heard the quote uh, as well. Um, like, you know, if you people won't remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And, you know, a very popular quote, but it's, 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 that's why you need to give them something to feel to create emotion or, or drive or urgency or excitement. Again, talk about the why. Create excitement and urgency, um, desire with your communication too, with what you're speaking about, and then they're going to remember it. And of course, give them an action step. They take action. They do something. It integrates it into their life. It makes it real. What What are What are a couple other big, big? Uh, as we close out here, uh, big, big. Okay, I'll call them secrets or maybe pillars of your, your success, Mike, in your business and, and transitioning. Yeah, um, one thing that I is, and we've kind of hit on it today is understanding what's the right relationship, the right client, what the right type of work is for you. So I, I'm one who, my background's a little different. I, I'm an attorney. I work as, as a coach, a consultant, and I, and I do transactional. So I do a little bit of different things. But what's important, I, I think, as far as being successful, is understanding what I'm good at in all of those things, mm -hmm. what I should lean on others as far as delegatable tasks, what I'm looking for as far as uh, a collaboration with the client, what I bring, what I'm looking for, and ways we can uh, best work together. So understanding your strengths, not in, not, not in a way where you're overextending yourself either. So as I mentioned, I do those different, if I, if I try to do everything under all of those pillars, I would do none of them well. Uh, so I have slivers in each of those roles that I, that I find I, I've excelled at really looking to get better but i also know who i can most benefit in, in client role who i can best collaborate with and i tie those things together so understanding that there are limits to what i'm good at what i can do uh, there are weaknesses of mine that i look to improve and there's just things that i can't do i shouldn't do or i don't have the right capacity time energy whatever you know is missing i, I can't fill that in so i need to find ways whether it's a system most likely it's other people Yep. Um, other, you know, other, other um, resources or, or other, uh, other things out there that I, that I can kind of plug in and I can make it uh, back to being effective or efficient. So that, that, that I think has been a big thing for me that you can't do everything. You can't do everything well, know what you no. do well and uh, make that be your primary focus. 
I love that. And, and one of my uh, mentors, Dan Sullivan, calls that your unique ability. What is your unique ability? And, and do that every day. What do people pay you for? Uh, what do they need? What are you great at? What is, you know, I wouldn't say effortless, but what is so easy for you that's hard for most people? And, and do only that. Um, my other mentor, Rubel Shandy, he says, when you do your, your unique ability or the thing you love and you're best at, the whole 10,000 hours rule to become an expert, it, it shrinks because if you're doing everything and doing everything yourself and try to try to be successful all on yourself because of whatever ego or pride or, or whatever thinking, Oh, no one's going to do it as good as me. Trust me. And there's lots of people who do marketing better than me and do Facebook ads better than me and do accounting better than me and all this stuff. It, 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 it's literally a waste of my time and I don't even do it to the quality they do it. Anyways, I do what I'm good at and what I talk about, which is relationships, teaching, training, uh, learning. That's, that's what I do best. And, and I outsource the rest. And it doesn't mean, we talked about this earlier, Mike, you, you take responsibility for the outcomes you want. You don't have to abdicate to everything and take responsibility. However, it doesn't mean you have to do it as a leader or, or entrepreneur, business leader, or whatever. It doesn't mean you have to do it all. Take responsibility for what you want and the outcomes you want. I think that's a, it's, I wanted to throw that in there because that ties in and that's a very good point that you bring up. It's, do you want to get to those 10,000 hours in actually 400, 500 hours? Cause that's all you do is the great thing you do, or do you want to do everything you know, uh, all the parts of your, your business or work or whatever, and take over 10,000 hours to get to mastery. And I think that's an important distinction you make that mm -hmm. just because you are delegating it or it becomes somebody else's primary focus that you, you don't just, as you said, abdicate responsibility. It's still your responsibility. Right. You know, when, it, when it's, when something goes poorly, you need to fix it. You can't just say, well, that's not my, area. I mean, you're, you're in charge. Otherwise, uh, something, you know, it's going to stick to you at some point. Uh, yeah. People you work with are going to not be as excited to work with you. And the clients aren't going to work with you. It's like, well, yeah, you know, he's good at ABC, but when anything goes wrong, you know, I can't get a hold of him or it's never his fault exactly. or anything like that. Yeah, where it's the disgusting, it's not my job syndrome. And you see that in certain more certain more than others and certain, not to pick on anything or anyone, but you see that in certain places, but it's still, there's a lot of it's not my job syndrome. And, and Justin Sterling, one of my mentors, he says, I have a lot of mentors. <laughs> Justin, Sterling, he says, uh, true leadership is is taking responsibility for something that you may not normally seen, be seen to be responsible for. So making sure the, for, the floors of your, I don't know, your building are swept and clean may not necessarily be your job. It probably isn't if you're a leader or, or, or entrepreneur or whatever. However, taking responsibility to make sure that is done and that is done well you know, should be or is your job. It's your job to make sure the organization, the company is running like a world-class company if that's what you desire. Um, and no, you don't have to clean the floors. However, okay, if they're not clean, instead of, oh, it's not my job syndrome, well, you know, and this floors cleaning is, of course, a mundane example. Anything, customer service, making sure someone gets back to a customer, making sure people are are, are getting back to clients or are, are great at their job or executing on the job, take responsibility. And, and like you said, Mike, you know, avoid abdicating. Trust me, I've learned that hard lesson. And either people are demotivated or they, they tried to rip me off or they were lazy and not doing anything. And... Take responsibility, it, it, you know, again, outsource, have vendors. I love having vendors and virtual assistants and experts because I'm not great at doing everything in life and nor do I want to do everything. And I just want to do what I'm good at and what I love and, and helping people and making a difference. And, uh, you know, you make more money and you have more time that way anyways. Um, any last thoughts? Like, this has been amazing. We got to do another one of these. I can't believe we're up to almost 30 minutes already. Any last thoughts on, on big tips and secrets to enhancing success that you've learned? 
Yeah, I'm sure you meant to do it, but that cleaning the floor example is kind of the perfect illustration of almost everything that we talked about today, that if you are that kind of leader, um, how do you communicate to that person? Like, this, this isn't the best use of my time or my job, but this is your job. How can I influence, inspire you to want to do it as well as it's important as to me because my name's on the building, my name's in the company. I want, you know, I, want to, I want to have that kind of excitement out of you in doing that job. Uh, it's, it's, it goes back to communication, goes back to leadership, and then the highest use of your time, kind of all of those things. Because if you're, if you're communicating in a way, it's like, I'm clearly talking down to you. It's like, I'm too good to do this. Well, then mm. he's not going to care. Uh, no. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of all those things. So, but the fundamental piece is that it's people. You might have a system, you know, floor gets cleaned at 10, noon, and 2. It's, it's, it's supposed to be clean in our system. But if, you, if you're not good at communicating or you're a jerk about it or you're not a good leader, it's not going to be done in a way that, you know, and again, so it's just a small example, but it's not going to be done at the, at the best way possible. So you need to understand, yeah, I've got a system, I've got a process, but people make businesses, make make the world run. So if you, if you can't relate to other people, if you can't communicate to other people, if you can't lead or be led, something's going to fall apart at some point, and uh, it's probably not going to work out all that well, or as well as it's well, and that's the thing. And, and I mean, it, it's funny how often I hear this. Oh, no, no, James, I'm a great communicator. I don't need communication training. And I'm like, okay, well, well, let's let's say that is true. I think most people could could do. Could, I say, could you do even better? Would it help you? Are you making millions or billions of dollars a year? Well, could you could you communicate better? Could you lead better? Could you have more more influence or persuasion skills? And they're like. Well, yeah, I'm not in a million yet, or I'm not at 10 million or a billion yet. And, okay, I guess there's room to grow, and it, it, it's an absolute below. Because to your point, it's 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 everything. Without communication, we all assume we're great communicators. Uh, I've done a lot of te- a lot of teaching and a lot of work, and not to knock anyone, but a lot of us are not that great at communicating. And, and it's not it's not that we're poor communicators, but it's it's we're we're we don't have the knowledge to or the training to say okay this person communicates best this way this person needs this type of media maybe they're high visual maybe they're more auditory and just want to talk about it maybe they need to literally be walked through it and, and it's nothing about intelligence levels it's just different communication styles there's different learning styles people like what you're talking about need why i think everyone needs the why some more than others me it's paramount otherwise i'm i'm not in unless i know why some people it's care less about the why it's more about the what or, or just give me all the facts and details now then i'll be motivated by that and I think that's the key. So without getting down on ourselves, and I'm not putting anyone down, it's just be better. My 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 encouragement to you is be better. I think your message is is you know be better and take responsibility for everything you want in your life, your work, your business, your career, your relationships. Amazing. I said it better myself. It's a nice beautiful, place to have. beautiful. Amazing, brother. Amazing. This has been awesome having you here. By the way, guys, I'm going to pop this up here. This is Mike's information as well. If you want to get a hold of Mike. Accomplished RE, Mike at accomplishedre.com or just dub, dub, dub. I messed that up my bad. Mike, www.accomplishedre.com. It's been a pleasure having you here. Mike, thank you very much for your time. We'll have to do this again. Clearly, we think a lot alike. I appreciate your time, brother. You got it, James. It was fun. Thank you. Amazing, amazing. My pleasure. Thanks, everyone, as well. Go have your best day ever. Talk soon. Take care. See you next time. (laughs) 